0: The following is a member of the Burke Reviews podcast family, Burkereviews dot Hey, everybody. Welcome to Burke Reviews Movie Club. I'm John Burke, and with me this week is Corey Starr. Hello, hello. And I just got back from the movies uh, just about half an hour ago. Uh, my daughter and I went and saw Kingsman, the Golden Circle.
1: Oh, so Taylor did get to go.
0: She did, and there was only one scene in the movie that I regretted her being there. Um, <laughs> which is kind I'm of, impressed. <clears throat> which I mean, to, I guess it, it depends on who you are. Um, there's a lot of cursing, and there's okay. some pretty ex- extreme violent moments um but kind of done with comic book uh you know styling because it is based on a graphic novel um or at least the first one is i'm not sure if like this was like his own idea or whatnot but um but there is a uh, there's a scene that involves a, um, some sexuality that made i think both of us a little uncomfortable uh no nudity but implied um sexual act that takes place and and doesn't show the sexual act per se but it definitely uh, maybe goes where no camera has gone before Um, to a degree at least implied again it's more uh, it's definitely CG but it's still like okay well that's that's unpleasant Um, you know but you know she's getting older this type of stuff is just gonna become a part of the world that we live in now so I have to be ready to if she has questions to deal with them luckily she has not asked any questions so far but um, she did like the movie, and I, I also liked it. Uh, I think the first one is definitely better. Um, Colin Firth, if, it's not a spoiler because it's in the trailers that he's in this movie, too. I won't explain how or why. Um, I think they made it work, though. and uh, But I, I am really impressed with him as an actor. I, I need to explore his actual like dramatic stuff, but um, it, it would involve describing the plot. But there's a moment in the film where I was just like, yep, this guy's amazing. And... Um, Julianne Moore is in it and she's Julianne Moore she's great and a little crazy and as I predicted Jeff Bridges is playing the same cowboy he has played in like the last five movies um (laughs) you know between True Grit uh R.I.P.D. um uh the Hell or High Water from last year I think I haven't seen True Heart I think was the country movie he was in um where he's like a country musician Pure Heart something like that and then uh and now this, he's playing this cowboy character, and he's got it, like, locked down like uh, Johnny Depp has Jack Sparrow. So, um, which, to be fair, I kind of like that character that uh, Jeff Bridges is playing. Um, Jeff Dan... Yeah, Jeff Bridges. Okay, oh, man, I almost screwed that up. Um, but, yeah, it's, uh, it's definitely kind of in his wheelhouse now. It's just this character he takes on. Um, but... It's overall, it's enjoyable, there's a lot of good action sequences, not as many as I would like. The movie does maybe go a little too long, and there's, the story's a little, it's a lot darker than I would have expected, um, because it feels like it could happen. Oh. Yeah, and it, for like a, I mean, a lot of the spy movies feel like they could happen, but they're always like, normally they involve like a nuclear bomb, or something that would take, or if you remember even the first movie, like, it's not implausible, but it's unlikely, you know? Well, Maybe a little implausible, but this one is, I think, almost too grounded in reality. Um, and I don't want to discuss why, because again, it is—I I don't feel like the trailer really reveals what this movie is going to focus on. Um, but yeah, it's—it's kind of dark in—in um, in that kind of grisly reality sort of way, and I'm almost like I hope this doesn't spawn any ideas. But um, oh god! But it its it's got some it's got some funny stuff in it it's got uh there's a cameo and this is again if you look at imdb this isn't a i don't know it might be a spoiler jump ahead 30 seconds elton john plays elton john in this yes and, i love elton john oh man you'll <laughs> so you'll much i don't think taylor really knows who he is but he, his scenes had her cracking up just because of his personality it, it is it I is pretty great best. um like cuz even I think he even kind of pokes fun at his own like costumes and stuff cuz one of the costumes he's wearing is like super exaggerated version of things I've seen him wear like mm-hmm. it almost straight up looks like a peacock like
1: yeah he used to wear stuff like that in the 70s yeah but
0: i mean it's like head to toe like peacock like it looks more than what i think he actually ever wore <laughs> i oh could be wrong gosh. i could be wrong but i think it was an exaggerated version of his old costumes and um it's pretty great so I would say if you like the first one, it's a definite. Um, if you like action movies and you like spy films, it's it's a good. It's better than American Assassin, I think, in terms of fun factor. Um, I think American Assassin is definitely more grounded, but I, I like my spy movies with a little bit of surrealism. You know, I want the gadgets and I want the cool stuff. Um. You want the rich spies? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah. <laughs> and why uh, so you
1: like Batman?
0: It is one of the reasons I like Batman. <laughs> Have you seen any uh, uh, movies recently Aside from the one that we're going to be reviewing tonight
1: Um No I've been watching Unsolved Mysteries Sorry guys <laughs> <laughs> They have seasons 1 through 9 On Amazon Prime In case anybody's interested
0: I don't think anyone's <laughs> been interested Stack. For a good John? 20 years <laughs> No <laughs> The old reenactments can't cannot hold up. There's no way I
1: love it. I love it. <laughs> but here's my favorite thing. Um, so everybody talks a lot of junk about Florida, right? But how about out of like the first four episodes, three of the segments were from people from Idaho?
0: Oh. Oh man, okay.
1: Nuts. It was like uh huh. Freaking Idaho. Were they
0: supernatural unsolved mysteries or more like no. crimes? Okay.
1: One yeah, they were like crimes. I can't even remember what they were. I think one guy like extorted millions of dollars from like his customers and Oh man. Yeah. yeah.
0: So I saw Kingsman and Corey has watched <laughs> old reruns of Unsolved Mysteries, apparently. Um yes. I, I did also see American Assassin earlier this week. Um, as I mentioned, my reviews on BurkeReviews.com. My review for Kingsman. Should be up by the time you hear this, and uh, yeah, but we're going to be reviewing the film Flatliners from 1991, and we'll talk about why momentarily. But before we get into our review of the movie Flatliners, we're going to discuss uh, what's coming out on home video this Tuesday, September 26, 2017. And I got to say, there's not a lot coming out. Great, um, so I can catch up. Compared to yeah, compared to like the last two weeks where it was like super flooded with with movies. Um, There's only three things worthy of note. Actually, there's technically four. I forgot to put one down. Um, And I just remembered it. So, Uh, We'll start with a documentary about David Lynch called The Art Life. Now, if this is the movie, and I'm reading the synopsis here in front of me, and I'm pretty sure this is, um, it's a weird documentary, which only suits David Lynch, of course.
1: Exactly. I would expect nothing else.
0: Now, he is not the, uh, documentarian here. He is actually the focus of the documentary. Documentarian John Nugent, um, has already profiled legendary director David Lynch once before, uh, for 2007's Lynch, which examined the making of Inland Empire. His latest Lynch doc focuses more on the man himself, especially his formative years and the beginning of his career, piecing together a narration from four years of audio interviews with Lynch. I feel like I've heard of this, and I think most of the visuals is David Lynch painting. Um... And unless, I, unless what I've heard is just uh, a misunderstanding, that's my what I believe this documentary is supposed to be. It's um, David Lynch is also an artist, and this movie is him painting for the whole time. Um, it's an hour and twenty eight minutes. It's got a seventy five on Metacritic though, so it's got to be pretty interesting. Um, at the very least, just hearing what he's saying. So,
1: I feel like he's so. I feel like. I don't know how to say this. I don't, I kind of want to say evasive, but not really evasive. So I would be interested to see what he could have gotten Lynch to say, I Uh, guess,
0: you know, Lynch doesn't like to talk about his art. So he may not be talking about, um, his films like specifically, but maybe his process or something. But I'm intrigued. I might have to check this out. I don't know. I doubt this will be at Redbox. This will probably be when you got to get digital. Um, or order on Amazon, you know, uh, this doesn't seem like it's got the mainstream appeal. Um, even though Twin Peaks just ended, so maybe there's a little more audience for it, but documentaries in general don't have that big of a pull for uh, mainstream audiences, so I'm not sure if this one will. And again, I, I think this one will just show him painting while we hear audio interviews, but I'm not sure. I'm not sure on that. I could not find confirmation. But um, next up is a film that I really wanted to see at the Florida Film Festival and I missed.
1: I... i'm so sorry to interrupt you no no not at all but this is kind of important to us and maybe to our listeners it's included with your prime membership the art life
0: oh great so available for streaming is it already up
1: uh it looks like it it says included with your prime membership
0: so might have already had it up all right i might have to check that one out um popeye p-o-p-a-y-e is um a film that i missed at the florida film festival they didn't have a showing that i could make it to Um, and this is the plot summary on IMDb. On a chance encounter, a disenchanted architect bumps into his long-lost elephant on the streets of Bangkok. Excited, he takes his elephant on a journey across Thailand in search of the farm where they grew up together. Um, it's supposed to be very endearing. It's a 73 rating on Metacritic. Um, I've heard good things and it's, I believe the elephant's name is Popeye and it is, I think, connected to the Sailor Man in that way, but otherwise that's it. Um, and that's one I definitely want to check out, and this one I missed. Uh, you know,
1: I love elephants.
0: Yep, it's supposed to be pretty endearing um, and entertaining, but it is. It's an. Uh, it does. It's a subtitled film, so if you're not into that, that's one to skip. But I am completely fine with the subtitles, so I'm totally. I'm totally in. Um, as again, though, that one may not make it to Redbox. That might be a digital only um, or buy it. Next up, this one will definitely be at Redbox. And I advise you not to rent it, but no. it's the Metacritic score of 28. Transformers: The Last Night, uh, the Transformers uh, fifth film makes its way to uh, DVD rentals everywhere. Autobots and Decepticons. I'm not even going to read it. It's a, it's a, if robots <laughs> fighting, and they they tie in King Arthur. It sounds really bad, and they've been getting progressively worse. So one can only assume. That this one is the worst. So, I say avoid it. If you really have to see it, go for it. But, um, and the last movie coming out, on home video, I actually saw. um, And I didn't love it, but I didn't hate it either. It's uh, 47 Meters Down. uh, Starring Mandy Moore and Claire Holt. And pretty much that's it. Matthew Modine's in it. Um, Not much. You hear his voice more than anything. And it's a shark movie, but it's really not as much of a shark movie as i think the trailer made it look the sharks are relevant but they're not the monstrous creatures that you might think of from like jaws or the shallows where the the sharks seem to have an agenda uh these sharks are just in their normal water and these girls happen to be trapped between the bottom of the ocean and the surface with the sharks there they're not there hunting them they're not they're not super evil. There's a couple of scenes that make them feel a little more supernatural. But for the most part, they're just sharks. And uh, the movie's more about that survival, like that claustrophobia of, you know, you're in this vast ocean, but yet you're, you're slowly running out of oxygen and there's no way to get to the surface um, without putting yourself in danger. So there's that tension that's built. And some of it's very redundant. Some of the plot points are pretty bad um, as far as it like continuing to, to make sense why they're still stuck. Um, and most of it is somewhat predictable, but there's there's good moments in it. It, it wasn't as good as I had hoped it would be. Um, although I did have fairly low expectations, uh, I still was hoping it would be better than it was. But that's the only one of the four I've seen coming out, so I had the most to say. Uh, do you remember seeing the trailer for that, Corey?
1: Unfortunately, it was before like every movie I went to for a while.
0: Yeah, yeah, they really did <laughs> push it over the summer. They were hoping to repeat the success of The Shallows from last year, which wasn't super successful, but I think The Shallows did better than they were anticipating. Interesting. And the director from The Shallows has a new movie coming out um, called The Commuter uh, with Liam Neeson. It's one of Liam Neeson's last um, action movies. At least that's what he's saying. He's doing this one, and I think he has one more, and he's done with action films, and his ro- reasoning was that he's 65 years old and getting kind of old you know not that was a weird pun on accident but yeah, you know, he's getting kind of tired of playing these action heroes because at some point people are going to stop believing it to be possible um so i'm interested to see because uh, he's a talented actor so I'm, i'd like to see him do some more arty films and and step away since taken it seems like all he does is these action flicks but interesting fact about the commuter vera farmiga is in it i love her yeah, and right and you love her in the conjuring yeah and so is Patrick Wilson. So oh my God! I'm, so
1: it's like the Conjuring Part Ten. I'm theorizing
0: that it's actually <laughs> part of the Conjuring universe, guys, and yes. Liam Neeson's actually a ghost that they're trying to help, um, <laughs> and it will be disguised as an action movie. But it's actually Are you sure M Night. Didn't it? Might be, maybe James Wan <laughs> got to M Night and got some tips or something. I don't know, but um, the the trailer looks. If you like the Liam Neeson movies, it's, it's far from coming out. It's not until January, but I just saw the trailer for it the second time this week, and both of both of the times I'm like, ugh, don't want to watch this. But, all right, let's get what's coming out on Friday. Coming out in theaters on Friday, um, September 29th. There are four movies, two of which we're going to talk about, and then I think the other two I'll just mention because they're coming out, but neither of them look good to me, and so leave it at that. Uh, the two that we're just gonna mention, there's a movie called Till Death Do Us Part, which is a um, another like attempt at a relationship thriller, where like the woman's in an abusive relationship and she goes, she <sighs> separates from her man, but he doesn't wanna, it, he doesn't wanna let her go because their wedding vow says till death do us part, and she has a baby and then he's kidnapping the baby. It looks way over the top, dramatic.
1: It's all tired.
0: Yeah, it's exactly. It's like yes abusive relationships happen, but they're not always like, they're so melodramatic um, in the films that it like, they're always trying to recapture the magic of fatal attraction. And I just don't think they've ever been able to do it again. Um, oh jeez! I mean, they, I, I think to be fair, I haven't seen fatal attraction. I just, I know it's considered a classic and it's one that I haven't gotten to. Um, obviously I was too young when it came out and I've not made my way to it. Uh, I haven't seen single white female either, which is another one. I think that's supposed to be really good, which I do want to see because I'm pretty sure that's Jennifer Jason Lee. And so, yep and so i want to see it for that reason um but you know there last year there was the uh, or maybe it was this year with katherine heigl and rosario dawson it was this year earlier this year um i don't even remember what it was called unforgettable or un it was something like that it was like an ironic name They're like yep no one's gonna remember this and then um l- last year i think they had the bow breaks or something like that it's the same like, i ugh, they're just so I- bad
1: Yes, I did like two when I was a kid. Maybe you said this one. No, you didn't. Sleeping with the Enemy with uh, ah, Julia Roberts. Roberts, right? I haven't seen that yes. one Yes, I like that
0: one. Apparently, I've not ventured into this genre, um, but...
1: Little pockets of them like pop up at certain times, and they're like, this seems like a really good idea to make 20 movies about.
0: Yeah. Well, and then the other movie is um, a movie called A Question of Faith, which is uh, one of the many... Um Christian films that look underproduced and overacted and overscripted where they feel very much like a hallmark movie. Um, there's several story arcs going on. There's like it looks like from what I tried to watch the trailer, I couldn't make it through the whole thing, but a young girl hits a kid. I think she's definitely doing something illegal by like maybe she's under the influence or something because we see her go to jail. We see the kid dying, then we see the family of the kid like fighting the hospital, and then there's this whole thing about faith. The whole thing comes down to uh, a question of faith, obviously. And that's where I stopped watching the trailer. I really don't know how much else. It just it looks bad. And um, I, I, I don't want it to come across that I think Christian films are bad. Uh, it's that often they are, not because of the subject matter. The subject matter, maybe you'll find inspiration in it or whatever, but I don't see why films about Christianity can't be better made. Um, on a regular basis, like there was one, um, earlier this year that I am not going to remember the name of, um, the shack, it, no, no, no. See that was one high budget. Cause they had a lot of big name actors in that one, but still like really bad writing over the top <clears throat> cheesy, but it was the the search for God or something like that. It was like a reporter's story, um, where he, he goes looking for the truth of God's existence because he's a journalist and he sets out to prove that God doesn't exist, but then I think finds the opposite. And it looked again slightly cheesy, but from what I've read of the reviews, it was actually a well constructed film and it it was a well made movie. Where that tends to not be the case with Christianity um, films, Christianity inspired films. Um, again, a lot of them have really good stories, but their cast is usually weak and uh, often over over dramatic or melodramatic and. Um, they look like a TV movie, even if they're theatrically released. And that's what this one does look like, a TV movie. Um, there was the Heaven is for Real was a well-produced movie. I've heard good things within the circles. I haven't seen it. Um, I'm not a big Jennifer Garner fan, so I tend to avoid her films uh, in general. But, um, but yeah, um, those two movies, I, that, I think I've spent way too much time on them. Because there are two good movies coming out. Well, let's be real. One is probably going to be really good, and the other one has a lot of room to fail, and that's the one we're going to start with, because that's what we watched this week. We watched Flatliners from 1991 because of the new Flatliners that apparently is coming out next Friday, um, which I, I thought it was later in, in the month, but apparently it is uh, coming out on the 29th. So, Flatliners, starring Ellen Page, Diego Luna, Nina Dubrov, James Norton, Kiersey Clemens, Kiefer Sutherland. And then some kids who are, I guess, are playing those people as children or something. Um, and I'm going to read the plot summary. Uh, five medical students obsessed by what, um, what lies beyond the confines of life embark on a daring experiment by stopping their hearts for short periods, each triggers a near-death experience, giving them a first-hand account of the afterlife. That is, uh, some of these plot summaries are written so poorly. Um,
1: but I'm just wondering, like, I thought that this was a remake the whole time that they've been talking about this movie, because it sounds like the exact same story, the exact same... There were five of them in the first one, right?
0: Uh, or was it four? There were five. That was five. There were... Right? Because it's... Um, Julia Roberts, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, um, William Baldwin, and Oliver Platt. And Platt's the only one who doesn't do it, though, Um, which we'll talk about more in a little bit. And uh, what Corey's talking about is I've heard now that this is a sequel. Now, it doesn't say it on IMDb, but I believe their Wikipedia page does. And I don't know how exactly. Kiefer Sutherland is in both movies. He is not playing – at least the character does not have the same name. Um, so if he's supposed to be the same character is not clear. Um, but the speculation is that it's, it's a sequel. The only thing I can think of, the only thing to me that would make sense as a sequel is that, uh, the whole, a plot point in the, the 1991 flatliners is that Kiefer Sutherland's going to publish his findings. So assume that happens like after the movie's over, he publishes what they find. Maybe all of them do. And this is 20 years later or something, and they they want to follow up his experiment. They want to recreate his experiment. Um, That is the only thing that makes sense to me, but I don't know for sure. Um, And it is... It's online. It says it's a sequel. I just don't understand how, you know? Yeah. The film is a sequel to the 1990 film of the same name, By stars, blah, blah, blah. That's all it tells us. It doesn't say how it's a sequel. It just says it is on their Wikipedia page. So Now, obviously, that is not my original source. My original source was um, a writer, not from Battleship Pretension, but she was on Battleship Pretension, uh, told the guys it was a sequel. um, And I don't know where she got her information. Maybe it was Wikipedia. So uh, I'm not sure, but because I am anticipating this possibly being a sequel, we watched... The original. Now, Corey had seen it before. I had not. Um, but we'll get into our opinions of that after we talk about the last movie coming out on the 29th, which is a movie I am excited for. Um, it's American Made. Have you seen the trailer for American Made, Corey?
1: Uh, who's in it? Tom am the worst.
0: No. Tom, Tom Cruise, uh, Donnell Gleason, um, <gasps> and uh, those are the two first names. Um, Sarah Wright. Oh Jesse Plemons, I always like him when he's in stuff. Um, Lola Kirky I recognize. I'm not sure from where.
1: Oh, Caleb Landry Jones is that? that um, He was the creep in um, that movie with uh, Ben Affleck, Gone Girl.
0: Oh, okay. And then I think um, no, I'm lying. Okay, the plot summary says. A pilot lands work for the CIA as a drug runner in the South uh, In the south during the 1980s. It is supposedly based on a true story. Um, Tom Cruise, I just read an article, I think, today that Tom Cruise is being sued um, because there was a plane crash in the stunts for this movie, and um, the, somebody was killed or injured, and they're suing him. Uh, I don't know if he is the cause, or if, if he, I don't know if he's just, maybe he's an executive producer or something, but... Um, I am looking forward to seeing The Flatliners, the the new one, because of Ellen Page. And I'm also looking forward to seeing American Maid. Um, I I tend to like Tom Cruise. I know a lot of people hate him. Um, I tend to enjoy his performances. I don't necessarily like him as a person, but I tend to like him on screen. He definitely has a lot of charisma. And uh, I tend—I don't like all of his music. Like, I didn't love The Mummy earlier this year. Um, so, it, you know, this movie might be bad, but— there's some the trailers look exciting uh Domhnall gleason is always pretty great so um i'm excited for that i think that's the one i'm the most excited for i am very pessimistic about flatliners but i hope it's good like i really really hope it's good because I, I love ellen page and she hasn't had a big movie in a while like a lot of her last films have been netflix originals and i'd love for her to get some more box office um, opportunities even if it's yeah, I would prefer them to be smaller indie films um, That are getting box office But you know um, I'll take what I can get So I'm hoping Flatliners is at least uh, entertaining um, Are you interested in anything coming out Next week
1: I probably won't be seeing either of them in theaters
0: Wow I think that
1: Well I have my movie pass now Maybe
0: Yeah that's where I'm coming from Oh I'm, I keep saying 91 It's 1990 for the Flatliners we watched this week um, Oh My bad But, um, I'm, I'm going to see, I think, Flatliners first. I think I'll see that on Thursday night, and then I'll see America Made over the weekend, most likely. Um, but then again, I'll see how it plays out. It might be easier to see the other. Um, but again, I'm a, I'm a big Ellen Page fan, so I'm really rooting for her. I hope this movie's good. I, it doesn't look great in the trailer, um just looks
1: unnecessary seems unnecessary
0: they show i feel like they show so much in the trailers though i'm like i don't know what could be left to find out and um now that i've seen the original because i had not seen the original before it does have me questioning a couple of things about the trailer and we'll get into that with our actual review of flatliners i think we're going to talk about the upcoming new one quite a bit in this review because i have a lot of thoughts because of the, the seeing the original film so Without any further ado, let's get into our beginning review of Flatliners from 1990, starring uh, Kiefer Sutherland, Kevin Bacon, Julia Roberts, William Baldwin, Oliver Platt, and that's really it. There's a couple of other actors that show up for small parts. Uh, nobody's super famous. The five are really important. Uh, directed by Joel Schumacher, the guy who is most famous for screwing up the Batman <laughs> series um, and made you know one of the most reviled films of all time, Batman and Robin. Um, but to be fair, this one is a beloved film. He also directed, apparently, one of the versions of Phantom of the Opera, um, which I think is one of the ones that people love. I did not know he did the number 23, which I've been meaning to watch forever now. Um, Oh, gosh. He did Tigerland, which I hear is pretty solid with Colin Farrell. 8 millimeter, which is supposed to be pretty crazy. But then there's that Batman and Robin movie. And then he did A Time to Kill. This guy's career is pretty all over the place, because he did The Client... Falling Down, Dying Young. Um, Those are all big movies. And then he's just... Oh, and The Lost Boys, a movie you love.
1: (laughs) I was like, why do I remember that name? Why do I remember that name? And also my sister... Okay, The Client is such a good movie from what I remember, such a good movie. But my sister was one of those kids that this was VHS times, guys. um, She wouldn't even let a movie rewind all the way and she'd just play it again and she would watch the same movie for months. Ah, yeah. Ugh. And that's what happened to the clients.
0: Yeah, and Time to Kill is a powerful movie. Um I don't think I've seen that one. That's the one with uh I am ninety percent sure that's got the famous line from Samuel L. Jackson that oh. yes, they deserve to die and I hope they burn in hell. And yeah, I'm hundred percent positive now. And Matthew McConaughey's in it, and Sandra Bullock. Um and Kevin Spacey, wow, and Oliver Platt. So he likes Holy heck! Platt. I need to rewatch that movie. I said, oh, Donald Sutherland. Keith Sutherland's in it, too. Jeez, I have, I I've never that. seen that movie. I saw it, I think, in high school. I think they showed it to us in English class. Um, it might have been college when we watched it, but I definitely saw it in a, in a class somewhere. came out in 96. Again, in, it's it's sandwiched between the Batman Forever and Batman and Robin. My mind is blown at, <laughs> at this. You know.
1: Um got to have balance, I guess. I don't uh, know. Now,
0: while most people hate Batman Forever, it has a special place in my heart. It is bad. Like, Which it, one is that? That's just Jim little... Carrey as the Riddler and oh. uh, Tommy Lee Jones as a very inaccurately portrayed um, Two-Face. Not to Tommy Lee Jones' uh, performance as much as to most likely Joel, Shul- Joel Schumacher's uh, direction and or writing. Um, Jim Carrey is basically just Jim Carrey in a Riddler costume. Which, as a kid, I loved because I loved Jim Carrey, so I I got past it. Now, as an adult who understands Batman much better, it's definitely not at all a sensible performance, nor is it a well-structured film because it kind of is more about the Riddler than it is about Batman. And then, of course, you have the bat nipples on the bat suits in both movies. (laughs) Um, And then you have Alicia Silverstone in Batman and Robin as Batgirl, which is awful, Not to, again, her fault necessarily. Um, You have George Clooney as Batman, which I don't want to fault Clooney for that. And he has actually publicly apologized for that movie, which (laughs) made me respect him all the more. But nonetheless, we are going into Flatliners from 1990 with five really, well, let's be real, four really solid actors. I actually don't even know what else William Baldwin's in. Um, I know he's a Baldwin brother. But of the Baldwin brothers, I cannot place William from anything else. Um, like, I know Steven from a lot of the cheesy comedies that he's been in, including Biodome. Um, you have Alec, who's obviously the most respected of the uh, the Baldwins as an actor, I think. Oh!
1: He was in Backdraft. I watched that as a kid.
0: I saw that as a kid as well. Um, and then there's Daniel Baldwin, who has done some stuff. Um but yeah, William just seems oh, he's in the squid and the whale.
1: And forgetting Sarah Marshall.
0: Really? Who is he in yeah. forgetting Sarah Marshall?
1: He was Detective Hunter Rush. I don't know.
0: That's gotta be like huh. a walk on cameo type of role. I cannot think of that character being prominent. Um oh wait, yes I can. He was the co star to Sarah Marshall on that on her show.
1: And I don't think that either of us have watched this, but he was in Born on the Fourth of July.
0: I did see that when I was way oh. too young to understand what I was watching. Like I was, I saw that in the theater okay. with my mother. Um, and I remember being really confused because there's a scene where Tom Cruise, after he's in a wheelchair, has to go to the bathroom and he's got like, oh. like I can't, I don't even know how to describe it. Cause as a kid, I could not process, I think it's supposed to be maybe a catheter. But it was none of it made sense to me as a kid and I've never seen it again. So I've just always been really puzzled as to what his penis was supposed to be in that sequence because it was a weird thing. Um, And I don't know if he goes to the bathroom. I think he might have been like uh, someone was trying to be sexual towards him and he just like whipped out this like plastic stringy thing again was a really small kid. So I totally missed Maybe I I misunderstood what was happening. I don't know. I was really confused, did not understand, and I've never seen it again, but that scene has never been able to escape my mind because I was so, like, what's happening? Can you, you know, lose your wiener? Like, I was a kid, you know? (laughs) It was too much for me. I don't know what my mom was thinking. Of all the movies she took me to, that might have been the one that, like, affected me the most as I was just traumatized by this. Because it's, it's, it's a movie about, like, the struggles of being a soldier, like, and what happens when you get injured and how your life is impacted. And it's, it's a pretty deep movie that I don't know that I want to watch again. Not because it was bad; it's just it's such a like. I don't know. I was way. It's too hard young. to
1: process. It sounds.
0: Yeah, I was way like too young. Heavy. But yeah, so William Baldwin's in some stuff, but um, definitely, I think this might be one of his biggest movies. Born on the Fourth of July. I don't know how his not he doesn't have a character name. He's listed as Platoon Vietnam, so there's no way he's you know prominent. Um, but he is very prominent in Flatliners. I don't remember. I saw Backdraft in the theater, but I don't remember it. Um, oh, he's in Sliver.
1: I haven't seen that in so long.
0: I know. I didn't. Oh, and he's in Fair Game. That's a that's a really bad like HBO quality movie. Because that's where Cindy Crawford's the lead female actress. If that gives you a hint of how bad it is. But I did see that when I was a kid because it was Cindy Crawford and I was a kid. Um, yeah. Okay. I don't know what that
1: means, but we can move on. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, because she was, uh, like, a successful model at the time, so, you know.
1: and Yeah, still successful. Apparently, her daughter is now
0: really? on the catwalks of I New York
1: Fashion Week. Yep, and I- you have to be 16 to walk in New York Fashion Week. You're all welcome.
0: That's information I did not know. So, um... Or need. <laughs> now, you'd seen Flatliners before, right? Yes. And were you a fan of the movie?
1: <laughs> I was very young, but I had a crush on Keefer Sutherland, so Sure.
0: Well, because you like him in, uh, um, the Lost Boys, right?
1: I love him in the Lost Boys.
0: So yeah, you had you had a real crush on him from like multiple. Oh movies. God!
1: And then what was the other movie he was in? Oh geez, he was in a movie where his girlfriend gets kidnapped, and it was remade from a foreign film hmm. by the same. Sorry, no, no. I have the worst memory, guys. We can move on.
0: Okay. Well. So, you haven't seen it since you were a kid then.
1: Right. The Vanishing is that movie. There we
0: go. Okay. Well, I um I'd never seen it and my aunt uh earlier well, I guess it was like about a year ago, I think she she wanted me to watch this movie uh for my my year of a movie, you know, seven movies in a week. Um or whatever the correct challenge name was and i never got to it and so it's been on my radar for a while and with the new one coming out i was like well i really need to watch the old one and um i feel like i'd seen a little bit of it when i was a kid i think my mom really liked it and i feel like it was on the tv at some point but i didn't really pay attention to it um but like there were like some memory of it in my head and uh i would say i i overall liked it um and I actually, I think this might be my fev- my favorite Kevin Bacon performance.
1: I really liked him in Star of Echoes, though. But he Ooh, was great in
0: this. That's a really good point. That might be my favorite Kevin Bacon because, performance.
1: Because, you know, I think that he's one of those actors, and even now, while we're talking about it, I can't think about it. Like, we know he's a good actor, and we've seen him and stuff, but we can't quite place it. You know what I mean? Like He's the a character roles. actor.
0: Um, yeah, he's in a lot of movies, Um, and honestly... I feel like most of the movies that I've seen with him in it, he's playing an an asshole or at least kind of a bad guy. Like, if he's not the bad guy, he's usually kind of a snobby jerk. And even for a little bit in this movie, he's playing that character where he's kind of at first. You're like your first impression of him isn't the best. Footloose. I haven't seen Footloose.
1: Oh, I love that movie, John. Come on.
0: Not a big dance person. So I tend to not be drawn towards movies focused around. I wish I could dance um yeah i'm content with not dancing um so you know i don't have that desire and um you know like in i think it's i think he's in the pitch picture perfect with jennifer aniston where he's like the the jerk and he's in one of the the she's having a baby or something like that and to be fair i don't think i've ever given tremors a full viewing and a lot of people love those movies and um now i think it's a tv series or it's becoming a tv series and I think he's supposed to be involved with the TV series. Um, but uh, I really liked him in this. And like you said, I know I've seen him in a lot of other stuff. So I've definitely it's possible. I'm just forgetting. Have,
1: he, have you seen The Sleepers? It has him I saw it. Pit, Robert De Niro. At
0: Mugs and Movies. Super heavy. And that's And I remember it being very heavy. And I don't know if I fully got it when I was a kid. I need. It's one that I've been wanting to revisit, though, because I know. I think I liked it. But I don't know how much I really got from it, mm-hmm. um. And you know, there is a lot of actors in that that I really like as you know younger actors. Um, but yeah, and Kevin Bacon, man, I can't I can think of I can't even place all the movies that I've seen him where he's a bad guy. But he's like he's a bad guy in the movie Super, where Rain Wilson's the superhero. Um, you know, he's in he just shows up as a jerk so often that the role he takes in this movie I really found endearing and was surprised.
1: He, I think he was kind of a jerk at the beginning of "She's Having a Baby," and we yes. can
0: move on. No, I, I was I was trying to think. Of, I, I was going to say she's having a baby. I wasn't sure. So yes, totally. Um, and that's when she finds out. And again, in this movie, he starts off pretty smug, and that's one of the scenes I want to talk about. But, um, I'd say I, I like this film, and uh, we're going to be moving into spoilers. Corey, would you say you liked it in your new viewing? Or yes. Okay, well, let's get into spoilers.
1: Dun, dun, dun. We are probably going to spoil Flatliners from 1990 or 91. Um, if you want to watch it first, please go do so and then come back and give us a listen. Otherwise, full steam ahead.
0: And it is 1990. So, okay, why the heck, when he's quitting school, does he rappel down the window? Do you know? Like, he gets he he saves someone's life. Uh, he acts as a surgeon. When he's not a surgeon yet. He's still in school to be a surgeon. And they are apparently going to suspend him. And he, instead of going out the front door, throws his bag out the window and then rappels down the wall of his apartment building.
1: I don't know. <laughs> it is such
0: a weird 80s type of like event in the movie. And it never pays off again. It's not like he's like, you know, I'm, I'm going to just pursue my dream of being a mountain climber. There's no reason for it except that he's it's it's just this weird scene
1: he's a total badass i guess he's so. smart he's you know adventurous i don't know
0: he's a risk taker i don't know i i yes. thought that part was so
1: oh well that would that would make sense though because he, what he is getting suspended for school for he said he would do it again but apparently that wasn't the right thing for him to do, be doing and i can't even remember what it was for but that
0: class i still don't know if like repelling down the the side of the building made but sense. you
1: said he's a risk taker i didn't oh, yeah. think about it that way
0: well yeah but come on like that's and th- that is definitely um uh, that's what Keith R. sutherland plays on there that he's a risk taker and he knows that um if he challenges him he won't allow the challenge to not be met he has to come and get involved with this experiment so Uh, The premise of this movie is very similar to the premise for the new film, and I'm going to read it from IMDb, which I meant to do before we went to spoilers, but whatever. Um, Five medical students experiment um, on near-death experiences that involve past tragedies until the dark consequences begin to jeopardize their lives. Um, Now, when we told Mike on Top 5 Movies that we were watching this, um, and we were talking about the, the new one, he said it looks like they're going more supernatural. So that told me... That the original one wasn't as supernatural. That's the, the implication I got of his statement. And when I started watching this, I'm like, this is very supernatural. What is he talking about? And then there's that twist in about the halfway point where you realize that it's, it's not supernatural at all. Um, and I, I really started wondering it when, uh, actually, right after William Baldwin starts, after he does the, the, the near-death experience and he starts seeing the sex tapes randomly... I'm like, mm-hmm. are all these women dead that he slept with? Like, is that what – because if it's supernatural and they're, like, haunting him, it would imply that they were dead, right? Like, that
1: – Well, uh, I felt like there were – I don't know. Maybe his wasn't. And I was thinking maybe – I'm forgetting Julia Roberts. Was her name Rachel? No.
0: Uh, I don't remember any of the characters' names. Um, I know. I'm the worst. Even in my notes, I was using, like, the actors' names. Yeah, Rachel. <laughs> Okay. And
1: Kiefer, um, w- Rachel, like hers, I now I'm like forgetting about even, um, oh Jesus, nope. Kiefer Sutherland's, Nelson, um, yes, Nelson's because he's the one, uh, with where he used to beat up and torture the little boy, like when he was he in was school, a boy, right?
0: yeah. I don't know if torture is, I mean, it, bullying is a form of torture, so I don't mean to downplay bullying, but, um, mm-hmm. he bullied the kid for sure. Who's that? yeah and, and um, yeah exactly. i guess that's what my point is he's not like but it was still <laughs> it, the scene with it is really messed up um especially when it finally plays through the whole scene that he uh chased the kid the, to climb up a tree the kid was in the tree getting rocks thrown at him eventually either i think the branch breaks or he falls and then a branch breaks but the kid dies the dog is injured and maybe dies um I've, i was unsure unsure if he was supposed to be dead or just injured severely um maybe injured severely and then having to be put down because um, it looked like both of his back legs were broken and maybe even the dog's spine might have been broken which was brutal to see but um his 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 person was dead julie roberts father was dead but but
1: kevin bacon's wasn't
0: no not in fact she was alive and well and not even Apparently really that upset about it. Yeah, like she tried to block it out and move on. She clearly was upset about it, but she was trying not to be upset about it. Yeah,
1: and she was like denying it, denying it, and then told him thank you.
0: Um, Yeah, which I love that moment. I really did. Like I thought that moment was, in fact, him, when he has the freak out, when he sees her on the subway, um, Mm -hmm. and then like the way he handles it, that's when I really became like into his character. I was like, wow, I like this guy a lot. I like his motivation. He is um, he has guilt and he was looking for atonement rather than, you know, just like trying to hide it or or deny it. He he embraced it. it showed his maturity. And if anything, I think it humbled him to be reminded of the type of person he once was because it seemed like he, he his personality, like the rough edges were sanded down after that. And I was really impressed with that character. I, he easily became my favorite character from that moment. Um i I would say to be fair, Oliver Platt's character is funny. um, and he plays that type of character in other movies, and I tend to like it. He's kind of like uh, nervous, yet there's this level of a uh, curiosity and um drive that makes him go past his better judgment. And he does so in a very um nerdy, like awkward sort of way. Uh, I just find very entertaining on screen.
1: I think that it's interesting when they are dead, because in case anyone that's listening hasn't watched the movie, um, as different people in the group start, you know, becoming dead for this point of time so that they can see if there's an afterlife and it gets longer when while they're dead, it's like a positive experience. Yeah. And then when they come back, it's like complete 180 and those things same things that were positive while they were dead are now negative and like haunting them and following
0: them i don't think that that... was true for julia roberts though
1: Mm, i think that you're right
0: i think she she just relives the witnessing of her father um and not really remembering the details though like she remembers walking into the bathroom seeing her dad and him getting mad storming out of the house her mom yelling at her and then I think you see the bullet through the window of the car um like the bullet hole in the windshield and I think that's all her scene was if I remember correctly now it might be maybe that was the flashback later but I feel like that was her experience while she was under um but you're you're right like for Sutherland's is very positive and uh um he comes out feeling better and then that soon goes away um, I really like the use of lighting in the movie because like whenever, uh, they're having those encounters, his are all, I think a blue light, like the dog shows up in a blue light. Um, the kids start Billy, I think is the kid's name, um, or something yes. like that. Um, he mm-hmm. shows in a blue light and, uh, and then Julia Roberts shows in a red light. Like everything turns red when her dad's around. Um, and those, and, and Billy, uh, Billy or William Baldwin, um, I think his are like black and white is what the emphasis and that's reflecting his videotape um, because he – the camera that he was was using was all in black and white.
1: What a D-bag that guy was. Yeah,
0: totally. Oh, Um, my
1: God. I wanted to punch him through the screen. And then I did like that um, scene where his fiancé because, you know, he's engaged and he's doing this anyways, um, is in his loft and she – says that she's not even breaking up with him because of what he did to her. She's doing it because of what he did to all those women, like videotaping them. And, yeah. Oh, so scummy.
0: And I think, um, like, she's even probably aware that they didn't, not only did they not know they were being filmed, but that he probably tricked them all more. Like, they they weren't like, oh, you're, you're engaged? Who cares? It was that he well, was tricking them, saying whatever he had to to get them into bed, which we witnessed uh, throughout the movie when he was having, like, those encounters where – the women would say, like, the lines that he used on them, which I thought I really thought that story arc was really interesting. Um, it definitely to me though, immediately told me it wasn't supernatural that this was it like messed with their psyche. Like it made them want to repent, even if they didn't know how. You know, like it made them confront the sins that they were otherwise um maybe ignoring or avoiding.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And uh not supernatural though, which um again it threw me off because when mike said that i was like well it must not be supernatural and then it seems so supernatural especially Kiefer sutherland's uh visions the first several times seem very supernatural especially because it's beating the crap out of him. but then the scene in the in the, the the van or the jeep i'm not even sure what kevin bacon's vehicle was it was like soft covered like military vehicle like a weird truck or something but um when he goes he leaves him in the car and he's getting attacked by like a pickaxe. And when Kevin Bacon gets in the car, we see ah. that he's the one he's attacking himself with it. He's he's pushing it onto his own head. Um, And that was, I think, the implications are that all of the injuries were self-inflicted.
1: Hmm. They would have had to been, but I didn't think about
0: that. Yeah. Which. Um. So none of none of the supernatural elements in flatliners are actually supernatural elements which is really interesting because i've it does have um a horror vibe to it like there's moments where it's like really you know creepy and um,
1: Ooh, you kind of touched on it before but when the dog is like dragging itself down the alley oh, towards yeah. him ugh, and i was like what is wrong with that dog's legs because we don't know yet
0: no and it's 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 sad and then like him being like champ i'm like dude if you had a dog named Champ and it's dead, you should not be this calm. Like you should be freaking out. Um, and I I also like that um Kevin Bacon's character is playing the atheist character within the group, um because we see Julia Roberts interviewing um people who have had near death experiences, so she's clearly got um a a, a passion. She it, it, maybe not even religious, but she has a desire to know. That there's something after this life. Which we don't know right away. Why but.
1: I think that would. It makes sense because she lost her dad. So young to think that there might be something.
0: Driving her. She needs to know that he's okay. That there's mm-hmm. somewhere you can go afterwards. Um,
1: I don't understand though. I'm a, I'm a little superstitious. I love Friday the 13th. But um, I'm a little bit superstitious. And I don't think you should be messing with things like that. you know what I mean? why? You, well and I think I that,
0: that's I think that's kind of one of the themes in the film that you you can't f- prove this um, because they don't. They don't prove anything, right? like they all claim to have experiences. but if you have any like knowledge of like how dreams actually work that you know uh, dreams happen within a few seconds, but you feel like you wake up from a dream, but that's not true. It's not possible the way dreams work in our head. Like, so if you've ever woken up from a dream, that's not true at all. It's it's the perception of time is skewed by uh, us being asleep because time is something we we observe in our real world. Time does not apply to our brain. Our brain works on its own schedule, and so they could have seen those things that they saw before they were dead, and it's like a residual memory of them feeling like they witnessed it um and so and kevin bacon's character tries to explain that but he's being a skeptic which is what his role is in the film anyways but he's like there's tons of things that just because you remember having these visions doesn't mean you were doing them post-mortem you could have been doing them before you died and your brain is inactive for the time that you are dead and when we bring you back it feels like you were just there
1: and they're taking laughing gas before they're put
0: out Mm -hmm. and because we get we get context to all of their experiences later we know that none of it was supernatural that these were things they were dealing with already these were issues that they've had but maybe repressed obviously julia roberts was not repressed right she'd been actively looking for evidence of the afterlife and she ends up you know not getting that evidence but she does find peace finally with her dad like she remembers what happened it wasn't her fault he didn't kill himself because she interrupted or something killed himself because he was guilty because he was shooting heroin and was most likely suffering from ptsd um you know and when she realized that she came to terms kevin bacons was a guilt of him being a kid bullying this girl and he found atonement by asking for forgiveness and being given that William Baldwin, I don't know that he found peace, but I think he's, I think he'll never do that again. Do you think he's still going to keep taping women, like, after what he went through?
1: I hope not. (laughs) Yeah,
0: it it seems like he's changed at the end. And then, um, Kiefer Sutherland had, clearly he'd always been kind of feeling guilty about it, but maybe he didn't, he says when he, like, is going through it, and we get all the information that he paid his, he'd Paid his dues. He went to boarding school. He was taken away from his family. That kind of thing. Um, He thought he'd. You know. Earned his. Like that he'd been atoned. But he never really. I don't think he ever really felt like he had. Earned that forgiveness. You know. That he was. Still feeling guilty about this kid's loss of life. And. I don't think any of them had any real experiences. At the end of the film. Like that's how. uh, My read on the movie. Is that initially they thought they had but Mm -hmm. i don't think they did especially again because everything seems to be grounded in their own guilt
1: i think that you're right
0: which is why this new movie um because now that's the thing like in the trailer it looks supernatural but there were parts in this movie that look supernatural but they weren't, you know, like we thought that, that he was being haunted by this kid. And when the kid hit him, it looked real. But from what we saw in that truck, it seems to imply that he was doing it to himself. It was all in his head. Um, and none of the other characters had any interactions that were that physical, right? Like William Baldwin saw women, but they didn't interact with him. They just said things to him. Um, and then Kevin Bacon's character's issue was resolved. And again, it only happened once for him. He saw the girl one time, and he went and apologized. Done. Julia Roberts uh, saw her dad a couple of times, but they were in, like, again, she saw it and interacted with it, but it didn't really interact with her. Um. So I'm wondering if that's what this new, the new movie is, too, that it's just maybe they're upping the supernatural pseudo-game a little more. Because there's a scene in the trailer where Ellen Page gets knocked on the ground and then is, like, dragged backwards, like, paranormal activity style, like, by an what? unseen entity. Um, Oh, have you not seen the trailer for the new one? No. Oh, it's the music is real intense and super like, like hypnotic because it's like a chanting type of thing. Um, And it looks like you even have the scene where they're gambling how long they can go under, like in the in this movie, you know, where they're like, oh, I can do two minutes. I can do 210. That's in the trailer for the new movie that they're bidding on how long they can go under. And I think they go up to seven minutes like really fast, like in the trailer, like there's like, I can do it for seven. It's like I don't know if that's okay. I think at some point you're brain dead like forever, but yeah, <sighs> but it's a movie. it doesn't have to follow real you know real real world laws and and circumstances if if it doesn't fit the film as long as they are consistent within the world of the film, it should be fine um. But, yeah, I I think that's what's really interesting. I did go into this expecting it to be a more traditional horror film uh, than I think it actually is. I think it's very much um, more of a thinker than I anticipated. Um, and it, it doesn't really... I kind of hoped that they would answer questions about the afterlife, but I knew it couldn't because, that again, that would mean that they actually had to die in real life to, in order to answer those questions. And... Um, I thought that was a compelling element because they never really claimed that they did or didn't. It's left up to the audience to decide, did they experience something supernatural that made them confront their demons from their past? Or was this their subconscious coming forward because of the traumatic death that they went through? Um, And I think even Julia Roberts' interviews with the people who had the uh, near-death experiences is really compelling because... um, there were the two younger women who both saw the light in the tunnel, mm-hmm. but the older black gentleman that she was interviewing was describing something more like what they saw. He was like, there was a field and the people I cared about were there. It was more real and less, um, you know, empirical or, and, and you know, uh, abstract like the light in the tunnel. Cause light in the tunnel. Why is there a tunnel? Why isn't it just light? Like, why does there need to be a containment for, like, heaven or whatever you're saying you saw? And, um, but they cut him off. You know, he only gets to say a few words before the other girl, like, interjects, like, oh, yeah, I saw the light, too. Because he straight up says, I didn't see no light. There was no light. And none of them see a light, from what I recall, in that way. Not in a tunnel. Mm-mm. So I think mm-hmm. his, his little conversation, um, maybe gives, uh, credit to the possibility that they did see something outside of our world. If he saw something outside of our world, you know, if you believe what he said. Hmm. Mm. But um I'm gonna uh I think we're at the time for ratings unless there's anything you want to talk about.
1: I felt like this movie held up pretty well sometimes those movies like from the any time period actually that's not now seem really dated and can't camp- be in a way yeah and i was afraid that was gonna happen when i rewatched this movie but i didn't feel like that at all
0: no i i think it aged pretty well um i think the only part in the movie that really felt out of place was him rappelling down the side of his uh dorm building (laughs) um that felt very much like something out of an 80s movie where we're just we need a scene where somebody does something crazy like why though like (laughs) why that there's so many things i i was so so thrown by that scene um
1: he can't be a doctor so now he's gonna go be batman (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> Kevin Bacon as Batman. Um, but yeah, I, I agree though. I, I'm I tend to dislike '80s movies actually because of that. The what you just described—the campiness and the little bit of cheese. Um, not all. Like there are some movies that Back to the Future to me is timeless; it'll always hold up. Um, and there's there's tons of movies. But like you love the Lost Boys, I feel like it's too '80s. Um, and it like and I I didn't see it as a kid. I saw it a few years ago, and I was just like, this is. This and it broke bad. my heart i know broke
1: my heart i was like really
0: and honestly like i liked the goonies but that 80s in it really was hard to get past for a while like it was just like mm-hmm. oh god the dialogue in this
1: i but, think that you're just in denial of your decade the decade you were born i of. like, I feel the
0: like that's what it is i'm a 90s person there's so many things in the 90s that i love <clears> um like i love grunge music and I, I, re- I, love the new metal scene, even though I don't love it much anymore, but like Korn and Limp Deftones, love them for a long time. I, I still love Deftones. I still I like don't Deftones. Even care. Deftones has aged well though, because their music was artsy, uh, which is, because
1: what... Chino has a pretty voice. He
0: does, and, and they've evolved as a band. They're not the same. They don't make the same album every time. Um, mm-hmm. and neither does Korn, but I don't think Korn evolved. I think they devolved. I think what they've done lately has not been great. Even though one of their albums is actually called "Evolve," uh, ironically enough, but um, mm-hmm. I don't I don't care for most of their newer albums. And Limp Biscuit, they what happened to them? They still show up from time to time. Like they had an album called uh, "Gold Cobra" a few years ago that I think was fine. If you were a Limp Biscuit fan, it was better than um, at least two of the albums, uh, but still not great. And I think I think Fred Durst. Um, is one of those people where his problems seem far too specific to a rich white guy's problems. And so his music became unrelatable once he had success. Um, I think if you like listen to $3 Bill, y'all, it sounds like a working man's struggle. And then when you listen to like Significant Other, and then more importantly, uh, Chocolate Starfish and the Hot Dog Flavored Water, it sounds like a rich white guy who's having a hard time dealing with being rich and white. And so it's kind of... You
1: feel money to me.
0: Yeah, it, it becomes like, really, well, should I feel... I don't relate to these lyrics and I also don't feel bad for you. So I don't think you have anything left to say to me. Like, and that's where, um, I think the band started to dissolve. And again, the style kind of faded. The rap rock genre definitely didn't stick around, even though I still love that genre. Um, but we've digressed. Um, our ratings, uh, I'm going to give flatliners from 1990 the not quite golden pony boy rate.
1: I am going to give it, I am too
0: oh that's a new rating i am too uh that's where Corey just goes with whatever john (laughs) says Uh,
1: no (laughs) i was i had the page scroll down because i always forget what the ratings mean guys no it's how long have we been doing this (laughs) a long time so yeah
0: i've actually had it down considered uh even just going to a more simplistic like a a through f scale but I think at this late, it's it's too late, too late. Um,
1: Let's not ever do the new Netflix thing: thumbs up or thumbs down.
0: No, well, I mean, to be fair, that was originally Ebert, Siskel, and Ebert. But um, okay, so next week starts five back-to-back episodes. Well, not back-to-back, but five weeks in a row where we're gonna do a horror film Uh, because we're doing one, we're doing one horror every Sunday uh, for the month of October, which happens to have five Sundays. Um, and so I am watching 31 horror day, horror films in 31 days. I'm not committing to one a day because there are at least two weeks where there's a new theatrical release that I want to see and the movie may or may not be classified as a horror film. Um, but there are two horror films coming out in October that I'm definitely going to see in theaters. Uh, one of them is uh, Happy Death Day. And I'm forgetting what the other one is. Well, I'm going to see Jigsaw. There's one more that I'm not, I can't remember what it is. It's earlier in the, the month, but um, I might, uh, those might be the two, but uh, there's a movie with Michael Fassbender called The Snowman that when I looked, it was listed only as a thriller, but I'm hearing that it has been listed as a horror now. So that might count as well, but um, there's at least one week where there's no horror film coming out. So I'm still going to go see the new movie that week. And uh, it's Blade Runner. The week Blade Runner comes out. I'm going to see Blade Runner. And I won't be able to watch two movies in that day because it's a Thursday night. So I will be watching 31 horror movies in 31 days. Um, some are going to get doubled up on the weekend. But we're going to do five episodes oh, yeah, with horror films. Which ones? Oh, yeah. Uh,
1: the Snowman. I didn't realize.
0: It. I've only s- seen a little bit of stuff on it.
1: And it, I saw it was like crime and drama. But I, yeah, I saw I, a horror I
0: desperately movie. want it to be a new Silence of the Lambs. But it might suck. Um, but I really, really want it to be as good as Silence of the Lambs. Like, I hope
1: <gasps> Chloe Sevigny is in it.
0: I and, love her. and your boy Michael Fassbender, of course. Oh,
1: everybody knows.
0: Um, yeah. So I'm, I, and it, the trailer looks good to me. Um, so I've I'm, never seen it. Oh, I've seen it a couple times. Uh, they've been showing it in front of the movies I've seen recently. But um, with that, uh, our first film is a movie that I, I've never seen. And I'm pretty sure you are in the same boat, right? You've not seen um. Suspiria
1: I I think that I have seen it but oh. I can't remember much about it is that the one we were talking about it has to do with ballet
0: I think so yes um,
1: I might have seen it
0: but I'm it was prefer- like a newcomer to the prestigious ballet academy comes to realize that the school is a front for something sinister amidst a series of grisly murders it is directed by Dario Argento who is considered by Juno in the movie Juno to be the master of uh, gore um Which she gets into a debate with uh, Jason Bateman's character, Mark, over who the master of gore is. And he says Argento's okay. Um, And they actually reference Suspiria in that film right after. She's like, this is even gorier than Suspiria. So I've heard of this movie outside of Juno as well. This is considered one of those big gore films. And in fact, when you pick Phantasm, this was a film that I thought was in that same vein or i'm sorry i thought phantasm was in the vein of this film that it was so going to be I. this gore f- film and it really wasn't so <laughs> i'm not sure what we're getting into with this um it is an hour and 38 minutes it is available to watch on amazon prime oh, go ahead we
1: we've talked about this that it's being rele- re- released next year right
0: a new with, version right
1: yes yeah. with chloe grace moretz and tilda swinton and yes uh, dario argento is still a writer
0: he's still credited he doesn't necessarily have to have been involved they might have taken his script and then uh, revised it Um and John sorry but um no you're fine okay um but uh yeah I'm not sure um exactly what to expect I don't know how like if the gore is going to be too much for me I I'm weird with stuff like this some movies do not affect me at all and then I could not watch Black Swan when she was peeling the skin off her finger it, it freaks me I out.
1: Can't. Like, you know, I can't deal with teeth, I can't deal with fingernails, I can't. Yeah,
0: yeah, there are certain things that bug me more. Yeah, um, and yeah. have you ever seen Old Boy? No. Man, there's a scene that, I don't want to spoil the movie, but there's a scene where he takes the dude's teeth out with a hammer. Oh. Yeah, I, I could not watch. Um, And I don't mean like he's hitting him with a hammer and the teeth are, I'm saying he's prying them out with the-, the With the back of the hammer? Yeah, yeah yeah i couldn't i couldn't i couldn't like i kept looking away and that was the same thing with black swan couldn't watch but then i can watch a zombie movie where a zombie's ripping the dude's intestines and gnawing on him and i have no yeah, problem no big deal so i don't know what triggers me in that way but there are things that i guess feel more torturous torturous for some i don't know i'm getting nauseous thinking about the stupid black swan i thing know thing.
1: i was like i'm gonna throw up right now
0: yeah um <sighs> So I don't know if this is going to be a movie that bothers me or if this is going to be one of those where I just enjoy the the craziness of it. Um, we'll find out. And uh, I'm not, I'm literally nauseous now from talking about the stupid scene. So um, we'll be back next week with Suspiria. Um, if you watch Suspiria or if you're a fan of it and you've already seen it, um, please email us your thoughts. We'd love to read them on the on the podcast. Um, you can email us at contact at berkreviews dot com. Contact at berkreviews dot com. You can read our reviews on BurkeReviews.com. Um I've got a couple. I think, Corey, you just sent me one. I haven't got posted yet. Um, what? Well, you sent me something. Maybe it was. Oh, no. No, you didn't. It was the. It was for this podcast. Sorry. I just remembered what it was. Um, I, I hadn't checked my email for like three days. I so felt I was, like you were trying to peer pressure me. I am. Watch a movie, Corey. Write a, write a review <laughs> of Unsolved Mysteries from 1992. Yes. So, um... <laughs> <laughs>
1: tally she of florida yes how many times
0: is, you could write an yeah. editorial on that actually and that would be pretty fun <laughs> yes, how many times okay. does your your the states you have lived in show up on unsolved mysteries <laughs> back episodes um but you can reach out to us on twitter i'm at burke reviews and Corey.
1: i'm at Corey r star with two r's on the end send me your hate mail
0: Yeah, we'd love to hear anything at this point. Um, We would love to uh, be able to read some responses online. So if you watch The again, it's available to stream on Amazon Prime. I feel like it also might be on Netflix, to be honest, but I know for sure it's on Prime. And um, that's one of five horror films that we're going to be watching um, this month. So stay tuned for the rest of the month to see what we're going to watch. Until next time, watch the movies, people. It helps enjoy life because of it. Corey? Have a good evening. Thank you. Peace, everybody. You too. This has been a book Reviews podcast. BerkReviews.com.